0: This is The 101, a podcast with local discoveries, in-depth conversations and informative stories from the communities that hug Highway 101 along California's Central South Coast. From Thousand Oaks to Ventura to Santa Barbara and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. Welcome to our very first episode in our very first season. I'm so pleased you could join us. In 2019, the number of people who died from opioid overdoses in Ventura County went down compared to the years before. Efforts by the county in preventing these types of deaths were working. But then things changed. Deaths started to increase again, to unprecedented levels. In 2020, there was a 77% increase in accidental opioid overdose deaths from the year before, and it shows no sign of slowing. In fact, things are predicted to be much worse this year.
1: If the trend continues for 2021, unfortunately, we should see significantly higher overdose deaths this year than we saw in 2020 when they were very high compared to previous years.
0: So what's caused this dramatic reversal? Experts say it's really just one thing, fentanyl.
2: These are illicit street drugs coming over and are being marketed to folks who would be using a regular OxyContin or a regular Xanax. And then they have no idea that it's all also been cut with fentanyl or a derivative of fentanyl. And it's, you know, 50 times more potent than morphine. In
0: this episode of The 101, we hear from the people directly connected to this crisis from the doctor treating homeless people with addiction on a sandy riverbed among makeshift tents.
3: You said you were using... Yeah, I am a little little bit, I'm not not doing as much as I used to, but I'm doing fentanyl.
0: To the medical examiner, who allowed us to sit in on an autopsy of a potential opioid overdose. I'll also speak to those in recovery who say there's a way out of this crisis.
4: What I want people to know about opioid addiction is that it's not hopeless. I mean, I'm a big, a big one for this is that medication assisted treatment is okay?
0: The crisis of fentanyl in Ventura County and the people who are trying to find solutions. That's all coming up in our very first episode of The 101.
4: Support for The 101 comes from KCLU listeners and Cottage Health. For nearly 130 years, Cottage Health has been providing advanced medical care for patients throughout California. Nationally recognized for quality care and patient satisfaction, the team at Cottage Health puts patients first with excellence, integrity, and compassion. Services include the Cottage Heart and Vascular Center, Cottage Center for Orthopedics, Cottage Children's Medical Center, and Santa Barbara Neuroscience Institute. More at
0: cottagehealth.org. This is The 101. I'm Michelle Loxton. When I meet Dr. Tipu Khan, he's wearing bright blue scrubs, a wide-brimmed straw hat, and he has a backpack filled with medical supplies.
5: I wear my scrub and I wear my pocket pen and my little notebook and my water bottle. The only thing different is I have sunglasses and a hat on because it's sunny outside. But other than that, I try to really wear the same outfit they'd see in clinic.
0: The they Khan is referring to is the homeless community he's about to visit that's living along the Santa Clara River Basin on the border between the cities of Oxnard and Ventura. He's joined by law enforcement, nurses and housing advocates. They're out doing what they call backpack medicine.
5: Then We essentially provide these basic essential services to patients in the field where they're at, our homeless patients.
0: Khan is the chief of addiction medicine at Ventura County Medical Center and the director of backpack medicine. Over the years he's found that people experiencing homelessness often don't feel safe seeking out services, and that's why he's bringing services to them. We leave the parking lot of a local shopping centre and make our way towards the encampment. The river bottom doesn't have water in it most of the year and so it's very sandy and there are shrubs and reeds extending above my head. Makeshift tents come into view among the dry brush. Dr. Khan meets a woman he's known for a little while. She's asking for Narcan today, a nasal spray that's used to reverse opioid overdoses.
3: Not for anybody in my house, but
0: for the people around my home,
3: you know, and I think it's terrible for that, for me to have to feel like
0: I need that, but honestly I do at this point, yeah. The people I met experiencing homelessness asked that I not use their names in order to protect their privacy.
3: And so when somebody gets hurt or sick or something, I generally will go and check on them and make sure that they're okay. That's why I got the Narcan, because they've had overdoses down here. I myself am not, I don't, yuck, (laughs) but there are quite
0: a few people down here that have that addiction, which is, it's frightening. While we're speaking, her brother joins us. He struggled with addiction before, and just a week ago, he says he helped someone who had overdosed. He's pleased to have the Narcan.
5: I mean, that's why we try to keep this stuff on hand. It's actually been saving people's lives. I mean, they're averaging, I think, one a day out here. I mean, I had my own, uh, my own overdose last year and all that stuff. And, you know, that was it, that was enough for me.
0: I follow Dr. Khan further along the river basin. The addiction medicine doctor encounters a young woman. She agrees to let me record her full medical consultation with Dr. Khan. She hopes her story will help those suffering from addiction.
3: How old are you? Um, I'm 25.
5: 25. How long have you been down here in the Santa Clara River bottom?
3: On and off, um, I'd say a good three and a half years. Three
5: and a half years? Okay. Well, thank you for talking to us today. Yeah, thank you. Kind of like what I was mentioning is our group comes in and provides some basic services and i wanted to ask you if you're using any substances that i can help you with you said you were using
3: yeah i i I am a little bit i'm not doing as much as i used to but i'm I'm doing fentanyl um i do want to get off of it i don't see a lot of people um down here doing you know on their own will or free time going into programs i I think i i haven't met anybody else who's done that except me and how long ago Um, was that uh like maybe two months ago good congratulations
5: um, yeah I've,
3: i've had clean time before, so it's like you, you know, are so amazing. Good for you. Because I've done it before, I know I can do it again. It's
5: um, well. Tell me, how much fentanyl are you using right now?
3: Um, um I probably take like four hits a day. Four hits a day.
5: And are you smoking it? Yeah. Um, do you inject? No. Okay. Have you ever overdosed? No. Okay. All right. And have you ever heard of the medication Suboxone? Before? Yes. Oh, no, it
3: helped me get off of it. So and that's why i was kind of interested in yeah definitely well let's talk more about
5: suboxone what what dose were you on before do you remember Uh,
0: the consultation continued dr khan prescribed suboxone a medicine to treat opioid addiction it works by blocking cravings and physical withdrawal symptoms he told her she needed to be in moderate withdrawal before she could start taking it he arranged for the prescription to be picked up at a nearby pharmacy that afternoon Dr. Khan also asked her to visit him at the county clinic for a follow-up visit. A nurse then stepped in to do some blood tests. Dr. Khan doesn't want any of his patients to end up at the Ventura County Medical Examiner's Office. That is where those who have died from a suspected opioid overdose end up. But sadly, that's been happening more and more.
1: We've seen a steady increase in overdose deaths. And uh, unfortunately, this is something that's that's affecting all parts of our country.
0: That's Dr. Christopher Young, chief medical examiner for Ventura County. He's been in the job since 2017.
1: Currently, because of the opiate crisis, we're doing more autopsies on accidental deaths than natural deaths like in the past.
0: Dr. Young compiles the data on all overdose deaths in the county.
1: You know, if you look as far back as 2016, there were only... 116 overdoses, so we could be looking at as many as 270 in 2021.
0: That's a 132 percent increase over five years. Young calls this a staggering increase, and the reason for the increase? Fentanyl.
1: I think really what what's happening is that there's a drug in our community that wasn't here before. Fentanyl really was not a big um, It wasn't a drug that we were seeing in deaths that often prior to the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: Fentanyl is a drug that is typically prescribed in a hospital setting for surgeries to treat chronic pain. It's commonly prescribed as a patch, so the drug releases through the skin over a long period of time. It's 50 times more potent than morphine, can be up to 100 times stronger than heroin, and a very small amount can kill you. And it's been flooding the black market, People purchasing illicit drugs don't necessarily know that what they're buying could contain fentanyl.
1: People will mix it up with pill filler and they'll add color and they'll press pills that look just like a Xanax pill, um, just like an OxyContin pill, and sell them on the streets. One pill might have very little fentanyl in it, the next pill might have a lot. The user really never knows what they're getting.
0: On the day I visit Dr. Young at the medical examiner's office, he's about to start work on a case that has just come in, a potential overdose. He sits at his computer to go over the case file.
1: So in this particular case, this is a, a woman in her 30s. Um, she's found down in her residence. At the scene, there was a small baggie with white powder found in it, which is you know, typically fentanyl.
0: He pauses to read more about this person. The photographs are difficult to look at. The details are difficult to hear.
1: The stories can be quite sad because this is somebody who's struggled with opioid uh, addiction and had actually gone through rehabilitation.
0: Young pauses at one particular photograph. It's of an opened Narcan packet. Someone attempted to use this medication to reverse the overdose and save her life.
1: This actually makes me happy because it shows me that Narcan is getting out in the community, that, that our county response to the opioid addiction problem is, is at least, it's permeating the, the community.
0: With the case file studied, it's time to conduct the autopsy. Dr. Young takes me back to the morgue area. And a warning to listeners, the descriptions we're about to give can be difficult to hear.
1: So the body's come into the loading area here and they're brought into the the office. Uh, They're giving it a unique um, case number at the scene to identify them by, and then the bodies are weighed on our scale. Um, They're placed in a cooler.
0: We then head into the autopsy suite. There are stainless steel counters, sinks, scalpels, rulers for measurement, and many more tools. The light is streaming in from the windows and music plays softly in the background.
1: You know, uh, most people, I think, in their mind, think of pathologists working in a basement with poor lighting and and silence. And really, we enjoy working with one another. And uh, fortunately, we have uh, tolerate each other's taste in music.
0: A separate autopsy is already in progress. The sound of a bone saw drowns out the music for a moment.
1: When we. Perform an autopsy, we wear protective gear, so we wear a plastic apron, foot coverings, um, a mask, um, eye protection for splashes, those type of things. Would you like shoe coverings?
0: I accept Dr. Young's offer and put on some protective covers that go over my shoes and all the way up to my knees, and we head over to one of the autopsy tables. The young woman we saw in the photographs has been brought in. It was very hard to see her in the photographs. It is much harder to see her now in person. She lies naked on the steel table. Her eyes are slightly open so I can see their colour. Her mid-length hair drapes over the edge of the table. I'm struck by how bright her skin looks, not grey as I had anticipated. A forensic pathology technician has started collecting fluids and taking photographs of the body. Dr. Young starts his own recording, he begins with the external examination by describing the outer surface of the body.
1: Cosmetically pierced multiple times, period. The dentition is natural. And when he repair.
0: comes to examining her nose, nose he shares an important discovery.
1: You can see right there, there's some, there's some foam in the, uh, in the nose that, uh, that is typical of an opiate overdose.
0: Opiates slow down breathing, and so fluid begins to leak into the lungs. More and more evidence in this case is pointing to an opioid overdose. The rest of the autopsy involved looking at internal organs and sending specimens to toxicology. The whole process takes about an hour to an hour and a half. At the end of the autopsy, Dr. Young did conclude this woman died of an opioid overdose. She was positive for methamphetamine and fentanyl. He said she was otherwise a healthy young woman. As I left the medical examiner's office that day, Dr. Young wanted to share this message about how fentanyl and opiates are affecting so many parts of this community.
1: I really think that historically people have looked at drug overdoses as them, and it really is us. This is an epidemic and it's affecting our entire country. And uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who hasn't been affected by an overdose or someone who's died and in the similar way that the COVID-19 pandemic has rocked our entire country simultaneously, so has the opiate epidemic.
0: So what do you do if you're worried about the risk of fentanyl? Maybe someone you know is taking drugs, engaging in risky behavior. Maybe you're offered a mystery pill at a party, or you bought something from a dealer. Remember, this isn't about them. It's about us.
2: We have a very robust naloxone program in Ventura County and have for many years.
0: That's Dr. Loretta Dennering. She's the chief of substance use services for Ventura County's behavioral health department. Residents can get an overdose rescue kit from over 30 sites in the county. The county offers free training for anyone on how to use naloxone or Narcan, the nasal spray that can reverse the effects of a suspected opioid overdose.
2: We have a really awesome training team that have personal experience as family members, as healthcare professionals that can help be empathetic to that because we recognize, you know, it's scary. With how potent fentanyl is, the
0: county now includes three doses of naloxone in the kit instead of two, what the kit previously had. She also wants people to know there are options for before you even
2: take these drugs making sure that people have knowledge that there are drug check strips that you can use to test substance use to see if there's fentanyl present. There's also a 24-7 access line you can call to
0: get help for yourself or a family member. That's 844-385-9200. I wanted to end this episode with someone who did find help. Eric is 22 years old. We're only using his first name to protect his privacy. He's about six months sober. This is his story of hope.
4: I was first introduced to opioids when I was 16. mean, um, at that point, I had been like, kind of partying a little bit harder. I had started going to homeschool, which was a probably a big part of it. You know, a lot of isolation. Um, and I just was trying to find something, you know? I naturally started like seeking more and I was definitely being more, um, risky, and I met this guy who, uh, introduced me to heroin, and, uh, that is kind of when things went pretty downhill for me, you know, I was, I had just turned 17, and I, I was working two jobs and doing homeschool, and I, I, uh, you know, was starting to shoot up dope. Within like two months, I got fired from my first job uh, for leaving a bag of syringes and then ended up OD'ing and getting sent to a hospital and to a mental hospital. My whole family has addiction. You know, my mom's 22 years sober, but the rest of my family are alcoholics, or, um, my uncle just died a few years ago from a heroin overdose, so. What ultimately led me to recovery was I went to this clinic I was using, you know, and I basically ran out of dope. And I was just really sad and and just, you know, the same, back to the same cycle and I went to this clinic. And so I really had a bias against any medicated assisted treatment at all. I thought it was the same as getting high, which now that I'm on medication, I think is probably the stupidest thing in the world, you know, cause it's not at all. It has really saved my life, you know, I have, the best job I've ever had. I have my own apartment. I haven't asked my family, my mom, for money, and I can't remember how long. And you know that's never ever been the case. What I want people to know about opioid addiction is that it's not hopeless. I mean, I'm a big a big one for this. Is that medication-assisted treatment is okay. You know, if you don't wanna do it, if you really are, you know, can't, don't wanna do it, but if you can't stay sober, maybe you should do it. Like, it's so worth just being sober.
0: over to kclu.org slash podcast where you'll find resources for those struggling with opioid addiction or for those worried about someone in their life. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California coast. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. I'm Michelle Loxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.